0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It is, what day is it? September 6th. Tuesday. It's been an eventful couple days in wrestling, and this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenson, joined by Alfred Kanawa. Issa can't be here tonight, but she sent... Send her regards. Uh, she, uh, when you reach for comments, comment, she had this to say. But And just wanted to let us know that she's here in spirit tonight with us.
2: From the source. Look at that journalism. but yeah. So. True words have never been spoken.
1: Uh, NXT aired tonight. NXT 2.0. Um, tough night. Tough night in the world of wrestling. We had so much wrestling this weekend, including Worlds Collide pay-per-view where man they really uh they really told you how much nxt uk mattered depending Uh on looking at how those uh situation uh those belts unifying turned out uh that happened in between clash of the castle which was very eventful uh happened between all out which is very eventful happened uh the all Out media scrum and uh which is very eventful monday night raw last night which is very eventful and uh when reached for comment tony khan had this to say
2: I'm serious. I'm not going to sit back and take this fucking shit. Woo! So, now, was he alone when he said that or was he with CM Punk? Which version I, I are you, think about just, you just
1: call his phone and it just, uh, you know, gives you the message. That's his comment. So, <laughs> you know, it's where we're at right now.
2: That is absolutely where you are. Well, let's get into it. You know, there's really not much uh, news to report. So let's just get into <laughs> NXT 2.0. Uh, we started with, no, I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. You want to get into it, Glenn? You want to talk about this stuff? I think we got to
1: talk. I mean, it's like, it's tough, right? Like, this was a very tough night for NXT 2.0 to go on the air because they got the one-year anniversary next week where post-Worlds collide, pre-NXT UK. NXT 2.0 right now is really well poised for a nice, soft reboot. NXT um, Europe. Yeah, and it, well, NXT Europe is going kind to of have a hard reboot, but I'm saying that NXT 2.0, like, we can kind of shake out the cobwebs, okay? Tumultuous sure. uh, summer... You know uh get some eyeballs new new people in charge, perhaps it's 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 new day, yes, it is behind the scenes at w w e like now, out with the old and with the new chance to uh turn some things around and uh then they had to go on in the shadow of this,
2: yeah, and it. you, it's funny because you said out with the old, and that's what a lot of people want when it comes to the forty three year old cm Punk because he is at the center of this News that we keep hinting toward as all these stories today kept coming out in terms of what exactly happened during that backstage brawl after the AEW All Out Media Scrum T.O. Punk. Terrell Owens, Punk, the T.O. of professional wrestling, the Kanye West of professional wrestling, CM Punk, went nuclear. Uh, I think everybody in the wrestling world has seen it to this day. And uh, today, a lot of people piecing together what happened in terms of this fight. Two sides of the story did come out. So it seems from the Young Bucks camp, uh, what we have heard, according to reports, is that CM Punk was the one who started it. CM Punk is the one who started uh, throwing hands at Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson was hit in the face with a steel chair more specifically in the eye by a Wait, steel. really Steel. that is what this report said and uh, a steel and Kenny Omega got into it with Kenny Omega his hair was pulled and he was bit by a steel now the CM Punk camp has also come out with their version of the report uh, kind of similar to this report the camp is admitting that a chair was thrown to Nick Jackson and it hit him in the eye and it, I believe Nick Jackson suffered a, a Black Eye, which might be at the center of a, some legal drama if it gets to that point, if and when. Uh, but the punk version, the biggest difference, people in the CM Punk camp are saying that the Young Bucks kicked in the door, waving the 4-4. Okay, not the 4-4 part, but they did kick in the door according to the CM Punk camp. Young Bucks were presented as the aggressors according to this side of the story, and Ace Steel was presented as somebody who was just looking out for his wife who was in the room, nursing a broken foot. His dog Larry was in the room, and... Uh, It was said that Ace Steel did indeed throw a chair uh, hitting Nick Jackson. That seems to be the most consistent part of the story is poor Nick Jackson. It was described as a long fight, not just some fisticuffs brawl that was quickly broken up, a very long fight, basically an AEW insurrection right down to a vice president's life being in danger here with AEW versus uh, CM Punk. And this thing has really degenerated in terms of now there's a lot of legal drama. Warner Brothers Discovery might have to be involved in this. There might be lawsuits. People don't know who's going to get suspended, who's going to get fired. Uh, I don't know if we're going to expect an announcement tomorrow. It's not expected that any of these guys, whether it's the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, or CM Punk, the new AEW World Champion— we're not expecting them on Dynamite tomorrow. And oh, by the way, to throw another monkey wrench into this whole thing, CM Punk is said to have suffered a pretty serious injury, uh, possibly during his match against John Moxley. The rumor right now is that it might have been a torn bicep, but we don't know that yet. A lot to unpack here. Glenn, help us sort it out. Start us off. What do you think about this whole mess?
1: When in the hell did AEW turn into Death Row Records? <laughs> like, this is insane. <laughs> The the, uh, First off, you got some people. I don't care if their title of, you know, executive vice president is a notch above world's greatest grandpa in terms of legitimacy. You've got people that have contracts with the companies that helped form the company. And I don't care who started it. Like, how in the hell did the heat? This is professional wrestling. This is you don't hear backstage at Hamilton. Like, you know, Lin-Manuel and Burr got beef, got drama behind the scenes like you are professionals you go on you perform a show behind like you're about making money like and that's the only part of me the only part of me that makes me believe this is a work an elaborate work the only part of me that makes me believe that is because the mjf situation was so successful and how that turned around but then secondly because um how how does this happen at any workplace? How does this happen in, in any... I mean, this is nuts. People well, that this, work together,
2: they're millionaires. It's 100% not on work. It's funny you say it's professional wrestling. I put professional wrestling, one in the same, those both categories. I don't isolate the professional. Professional wrestling is exactly what you're seeing right now. These crazy egomaniacs fighting each other over booking, over storylines, over dirt sheet. This is a circus that we are in. And one of the reasons I think it's gotten to this is because AEW's leaned too much into the professional wrestling zeitgeist, mm. which does cater to the internet, does cater to the dirt sheet. Part of this problem and why CM Punk went off to begin with was him feeling that the Young Bucks were leaking stories to the dirt sheet to get these indie wrestling hardcore fans to turn against them. And then this degenerated into the mess that we are in right now. Um, This is
1: insane this I mean like in professional sports teams like, and this is where it's on Tony Khan, because do you think the owner of any NFL, I mean, do you think Tony would stand for this if the Jacksonville Jaguars had this going on? It's in the funny room? you say that
2: because last season was a pretty similar disaster where they had Urban Meyer as their head coach. One of the worst head coaching experiences in the history of the NFL. He got caught up in all kinds of personal drama of hitting on a girl at a bar and cheating on his wife or allegedly. And there was all kinds, it was a disaster of the season last year. So to compare this to the Jacksonville Jaguars might actually make AEW look good. Yeah, but I was just saying, like, in what other situation when you have this
1: much money going around, this much success, like, how big is your ego? And and I didn't watch all of the scrum, but, like, what? Where where's all shucks Phil from a year ago? Like, you know, just happy to be there, part of the team, supporting everything. Like, I mean, he was barely even asked a question and then just start going on about, like, Colt Cabana's, like, bank account situation and, like, shooting on things. I mean, it's just like, dude you just repaired your reputation for perhaps having a bit of an ego and being a bit abrasive and difficult to work with and came back like to give the warm fuzzies to everybody with your AEW return. And it's like, what are you hoping to gain with you're the fucking champion? You don't, I mean, I don't care if you're the heel champion, even in the heels. I mean, like I'm trying to think heels don't even do this. Like, You know, I mean, could you imagine Roman Reigns being out there and like Drew McIntyre (laughs) shares a bank account with his mom (laughs) and not because like he set it up in her name to take care of her bills. Like he's living in her basement. Like you don't, this is just like careless. This is like remarkably negligent that Tony Khan is so enamored with some of these names he's signing, that he's not trying to rein them in at
2: all. Yes. And that is another dynamic of this story that I'm glad you brought up. Tony Khan, I mean, he goes on Twitter and he's woofing, and we make light of Tony Twitter fingers and he's talking all this stuff. And then you see this version of Tony Khan sitting next to one of his biggest stars, arguably his biggest star, who was just running amok, and Tony Khan was powerless to stop this. He was sitting Tony there Tony Khan like
1: looks like he needs a nap.
2: Tony looked Khan looked like Mike needs- Tyson during that Robin Givens interview, just not saying anything, not defending himself, not defending the company, not defending any of these stars who are doing anything, letting this train go off the track, and sitting there quietly and every narrative that people push about Tony Khan being more of a fan than an owner, he had a chance to quell that and he didn't do that at all. In fact, on Pro Wrestling bits we are going to have an operation on Tony Khan later tonight showing all the ways we need to make him into a better leader we're even going to give him a spine because Tony Khan had a very bad night and uh CM Punk running amok like this listen when it comes to what's going to happen what's the fallout me personally they gotta fire CM Punk period end of story full stop I mean CM they- Punk has got to go he's got to go is this what he pulled? And you talked about barely asking a question. Shout out to Nick Houseman who really didn't even ask a question. CM Punk targeted Nick Houseman hoping that Nick Houseman was going to reveal that he's friends with cole Cabana, so that CM Punk could go after Nick Houseman and talk about how he's being. What was the opening unethical. question? Because I always see when there was no with... opening question. The There's opening no question questions. was CM Punk sat down and Tony Khan asked for the questions, and Nick Houseman stood up, and then. Tony uh, CM Punk said, "Oh no, no! I got a question for you, Nick. Aren't you friends with Colt Cabana?" Or that exchange they had. He found out that Nick Hausman isn't friends with Colt Cabana anymore. But then he made his point anyway, and just buried Colt Cabana, buried the Young Bucks, buried Hangman Adam Page. And the problem for Tony Khan here is yes, CM Punk is his biggest draw. That is true. CM Punk draws a lot of money for AEW. It is yeah. a short-term scenario. You look at CM Punk, he's 43 years old. He is a physical and emotional ticking time bomb for AEW. His body's breaking down. He might be hurt again. He couldn't defend the title last time. And on top of that, he's a, a malcontent. He's somebody who's not happy right now, who has a history of doing this. Even when he's given the world, gets a match with The Undertaker, gets to be champion for 400 plus days, still complains, you know, and now he's here in AEW, hates the elite, hates Hangman, hates uh, Cole Cabana. At some point, there's an old saying, if everybody else in the room is an asshole, you're the asshole. So CM Punk just falling out with everybody. And if Tony Khan was to side with CM Punk, which I think is the least likely scenario, that Tony Khan says, okay, I'm going to side with CM Punk. I'm going to let the elite walk. I mean, you're probably going to lose the elite. You're going to lose Hangman Adam Page. There's probably going to be lawsuits left and right. The locker room's going to be upset. Fans are going to turn on uh, AEW. And you hitching your wagon to CM Punk because of, I don't know, financial reasons, is going to go away very, very quickly. So I think CM Punk has just got to go. He's, they've got to fire CM Punk. He's pulled this before. He's doing it again. And it's completely from the inside out, I think, really uploading this, uh, this uh, locker room. I mean, Tony Khan had a meeting with his talent to prevent this very scenario. And it really kind of is an indictment on Tony Khan's leadership abilities that he didn't address this big problem that has now gotten us into this situation. And that he did have this meeting and it seems that the talent is just like, yeah, whatever, Tony, we're gonna go and fight on Sunday. So this is a whole mess that Tony Khan needs to sort out. And I don't think it is tenable for all parties to exist together in the to play Kumbaya, because if you do that, it's gonna be another brawl.
1: I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day. Be- Hard to believe oh. that guy. <laughs> Hard to believe that guy would have conflict with anybody. No, um, look, i I you know, I'm just waiting for Brock for uh Brock Lesnar to you know face that fine suspension for popping uh, that that urine test a couple of years ago, waiting for uh, the uso uh, you know, to get a slap on the wrist. You know Jeff Hardy, the consequences we—I mean, this is professional wrestling, man. Yeah. Like, look, but but here's the truth about CM Punk. The truth about CM Punk situation. He stays long enough to put MJF over. Tony Khan has probably got the majority of his value out of CM Punk and could cut ties. Oh, yeah. And AEW will be fine.
2: I think he already has three so. million dollar houses in a row. We done this for three years. Listen, CM Punk is cocaine. It lasts for a wow. short time and it goes away. This is a one year cocaine trip. That's all you could ever hope for from cocaine. Not that I've ever done it and I don't condone it and I don't think anybody should do it. I think it's a horrible drug. But if we are going to compare people to drugs, CM Punk is cocaine that burns out after a quick hot run. And that's happened now. It's time to cut bait with CM Punk. Get rid of this guy. He's down to his last two friends and it's Ace Steel and his dog. Like, and his dog even tried to run away from him. I, I heard the dog try to get loose at the beginning of all <laughs> wow. It's over. Like, get rid of this guy. That's the solution. Tony Khan has tried to play Kumbaya. He tried to have the backstage meeting. Let's all get along. They unfortunately don't seem to respect him enough to do that. So now you've got to put your hand down. You've got to rule. You've got to lead and make tough decisions. And CM Punk has to go. It's, it's time for him to go. He's a Terrell Owens of professional wrestling. T.O. Punk has to go. He's destroying one locker room after another. This is what he does. And uh, the fact that they took a chance on him, it did seem like it was going to work out fantastically that first six months. And the numbers were very good and continue to be pretty good for AEW and CM Punk there, but it's not worth what I think would be disastrous long-term ramifications if CM Punk hung around that locker room. Um,
1: That being said, okay, counterpoint. The Elite Kenny Omega, like uh, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, the Elite, have created such an insular environment it's so inside that any outsider, I, I could see any top talent they bring in with pull probably is going to have an issue and suspicion and paranoia. And we're like, there's going to be friction almost because it's, it's kind of like when uh, the NWO was, was running things at WCW. It's like, you're either in that circle. Yeah. What was that episode of the office? Like if you're not in the inner circle, you're in the outer circle, right. you know? <laughs> um, and I think that that is a bad environment. May, I mean, maybe this is why you can't have player coaches. This is why you can't have wrestler executives. Like you're going to create a scenario where you're going to be the victim of animosity of resentment, feeling like you're always putting yourself and your friends over. Um, Like Tony is trying to do this in a different way. And maybe even being buddy, buddy with the talent has displayed like a lack of authority on his part, because do you think Kenny Omega and the bucks are afraid of Tony?
2: Not a chance.
1: Yeah. And that's a problem too, right? Because if you have no fear that you're, if you, like, if you go into any job and you're like, my boss can't fire me, like maybe day one, that doesn't mean you're going to go on a tirade and do something fireable, but over time, you're going to behave in a way that creates a negative work environment. 100%.
2: And you mentioned how the inner circle, the outer circle, all that crap needs to go away. And Tony Khan can make that happen. There shouldn't be an inner circle. There shouldn't be an outer circle. It should be Tony Khan and everybody else. Whatever decision Tony Khan makes, if he sides with the elite or God forbid sides with CM Punk, he needs to say, okay, I'm siding with you, but you are not my equal. You and I are not working together. I'm paying you MFers. You work under me i'm gonna make the decisions around here and what i say goes he needs to develop a spine he needs to turn those twitter fingers into an iron fist ball those twitter fingers up into an iron fist and he needs to rule it needs to be his show whatever decision he makes moving forward he needs to make it quite clear that there are consequences for your actions and these wrestlers cannot run amok because what's happening now with this aew locker room is a very delicate ground to play and i mean if he continues this way and he lets the inmates run the asylum It's really not going to be good for AEW, and not only AEW, because now we're talking about legal issues. We're talking about money being like, Nick Jackson might have grounds for a legitimate lawsuit that will cost Warner Brothers Discovery money. That's very serious considering they're trying to cut ties with anything that's costing them money. And you look at Warner Brothers Discovery, I'm an executive, I see this crazy person, CM Punk, and the history he has, and he's destroying another locker room, and I say, I'm not paying you guys a damn dime if this guy is oh. going to be there. That is a huge risk to pay them. If I'm the now arena, and the security is breaking up this long insurrection, I don't want AEW in my freaking building. I'll go somewhere else, take that shit to UFC, or somewhere else. So there's a lot of yeah. ramifications that I think... Tony Khan needs to think about when he's deciding whether or not he needs to side with. CM he Park needs to elite. act
1: like a CEO and stop putting himself over. And, you know, no, I'm
2: serious. I'm not going to sit back and take this fucking shit. Who, who, <laughs>
1: who, who, like, he, you know what the problem is, is that he thinks he's like Elon Musk yeah. and he's got so much money that he can just like swing his dick everywhere. Uh, you not not like Elon Musk did. I'm talking ego-wise, not like uh
2: not literally
1: swinging. Not literally, but I'm saying that he could go in there and be like, I'm dictated, and dude, like I know you're a high achiever, I know you're a high performer, I know you got a lot going on. Get some fucking rest. Like sure. he looked like he'd been up for three days straight at that scrum, and I get that this is stressful. But he's got to take care of himself. Like, this is very, very I mean, this is just unhealthy mentally and physically. And in fact, here's how crazy it is. Part of me is like. Chris Jericho can kind of like mediate this situation. He's like, Chris. That Chris Jericho's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, at least when it comes to, to this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think Jericho actually could probably uh, simmer the tensions. And play sure.
2: Voice of reason, locker room leader, somebody familiar with both sides on a deep level. And it's funny you play that clip of Tony Khan. That is emblematic of the Tony Khan problem, is he's sitting there with, with CM Punk for 20 minutes, letting CM Punk run the show, CM Punk's cutting him off, CM Punk's big leading him. No authority whatsoever, and then when CM Punk leaves and he's by himself, now it's time to be Tony Tough Guy. Now it's I'm not taking any of this no, of shit. No, like, honestly, this is a two Tony Khan problem.
1: Not not the look of the men or stature, but their attitude. It's like he thinks he's Suge Knight and Punk is Tupac, <laughs> and they're just out there just firing shots and making enemies. You that's, know?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, Punk Punk should have just spit in the camera and started saying "Thug Life" again and again.
2: I mean, that's the only part missing from this. That I you mean, know. A drive-by maybe i mean but this this isn't but it's
1: within their own company that's the crazier shit this isn't about like oh they ran into some wwe guys at waffle house and shit got real it was like this is your own company
2: you know yeah it's it's really bad situation it's something that had been building something that again it's on tony Khan in terms of trying to avert this but he didn't do too good of a job of that at any point and now it's gotten to a point where the rubber has met the road and this is going to draw out i don't think we're going to get a hard resolution on wednesday as to what's happening maybe there will be an announcement that all these titles are stripped and we're started from scratch but this is a very, very serious situation for AEW and all these people. And I always think they're crazy. They try to push this narrative of AEW is going out of business or going out of business. Every time something bad happens for AEW, it's going out of business, which I never believe. But I will say this. Tony Khan hitches his wagon to CM Punk. There is a pathway to this company going under. And he just needs to cut the cancer. You're doing an operation. Do you want to cut the cancer out of the patient or do you want to cut the patient's throat? Because that's essentially what his decisions are going to be. And I just think he needs to take control of the situation. Whatever his decision is, he needs to take control and get whatever is left of his authority back. Well, Death Row
1: just let it ride, and that all worked out well him.
2: Yeah, look what happened to them. Look what happened to a lot of people associated with them. I think they have the blueprint on how not to handle a situation like this.
1: Probably. Uh, it's crazy. So we got some super chats because people have opinions. Woo! Okay, I'm going to go in reverse order here. Ops 88, $5. When Punk returned to wrestling, I was elated. Now he has to go. He's destroying AEW. And if he stays,
2: AEW will cease to exist a year from now. I don't disagree with that. I I don't want to push the AEW going out of business narrative. I think they're doing quite good. But I will say that him leaving would create, or him staying even, would create a ripple effect where you're sending the wrong message to the locker room. More people probably want to force themselves out of that contract. Uh, CM Punk, he's got about a year. This is what he does. He'll be somewhere for a year, maybe a little bit longer. And then it'll just kind of start to implode and melt down on him. Despite whatever success he has, he just can't help himself in these situations. And this is happening again. Well, it's interesting, too,
1: because CM Punk's failure to grow the fan base in AEW and AEW diehard fans. Don't think I'm like shitting on AEW when I say this. I'm just saying CM Punk's failure to grow the fan base and expand. It means that all of the million people watching it are the down since day ones who are fans of the Bucks, Omega, Hangman, they're going to side with them. Mm -hmm. So if Punk's not there to make you money and get more eyeballs on the product and create a better product, if they turn, TK's got to listen to them.
2: Exactly. And that's the thing is if TK took... CM Punk, he would be favoring money and drawing money over yeah, whatever Con It's gonna be. A the but you're not drawing money moving forward because I think the Bucks walk, I think Hangman walks, I think Kenny walks, I think a lot of people in support of them try to walk. I think there's gonna be lawsuits and it's gonna just get even worse. You're gonna lose money as Tony Khan if you choose CM Punk over the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam, page, and a page in the elite.
1: Calvin Alexander, Shad Khan needs to fire <laughs> Tony. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, Shad doesn't own the company, right?
2: I mean, you can I buy mean from
1: the Jaguars, it, I not, believe it is
2: his money. I mean, it's probably Tony Khan's allowance money, but in the grand scheme of things, if we're, you know, splitting hairs here, I believe it is Shad Khan's company, but it, it's under Tony Khan's name. He owns AEW ROH.
1: Yeah, um, I could see Tony Khan. I don't think he would ever shut it down, but I could see him deciding to step away if he's just like the like if if somebody says to him like look this is making you look like an asshole this is taking up all your time and drama i could see his father saying if you want to keep working with jacksonville and don't they own a football club also and the uk saying yeah. that if you want to do this you need to hire somebody else to run aew you could still have a role but you cannot do this day-to-day anymore this is hurting your reputation and ability no, I- to
2: function What I think will actually happen is Tony, Tony Schiavone rather is a name that's been thrown around in terms of somebody who the Warner Brothers Discovery executives really like somebody who obviously has a lot of wrestling experience has experience on a sinking ship in WCW so knows, you know, what a crisis looks like and possibly could help Tony Khan figure out how to avoid it. And I'm hearing Tony Schiavone is going to start to gain a lot more power within AEW as Tony Khan's confidant and somebody who could help mentor Tony Khan through a time like this so I do think that pairing Tony Schiavone with Tony Khan and having him help him through this is going to be something that would help everybody.
1: And I'm saying if you can navigate helping to manage a Starbucks, I think you're you are primed yeah. for a high stress. Environment. Do you know the drama that goes on at your average Starbucks? It's always oh. like that asshole talking shit about me. People are complaining about their schedules. You got to feel mm-hmm. like. And I'm not saying this to put down people that I'm saying, seriously, do you think wh- wh- what real world experience do you think TK has having to deal with like regular folk? Yeah, and you the that high stre- stress environment.
2: Decide between playing Jason Mraz or Jack Johnson. Karma Macchiato is no joke. Like Starbucks is some real stuff. Tony Schiavone has that experience and Tony Khan needs to look into it.
1: <laughs> could really go on. <laughs> A lot more about the drama of uh, managing a coffee house. Uh, <laughs> house of type Pubs, this podcast is drink and use profanity. I just want to make it clear I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm drinking Hoplark, Citra Hops. It's a sparkling water that's brewed like beer with hops. They make a tea version and a non tea version. I am hooked on this stuff because it, it's got the texture and like flavor of a beer, but no alcohol
2: and I am drinking modern times root beer. It was the coldest drink during a heat wave that I could find in my refrigerator. And I'm all fired up about CEO Punk, So I decided to have a modern times, very delicious sour beer. And as for the profanity, well. I'm serious. I'm not gonna sit back and take this fucking shit. You tell him, Tony. You tell him while you're by yourself at that podium. Stellar Justin Lopez,
1: 499. This is all on TK. He tries too hard to be their friends out there, smoking weed and partying with them allegedly it's not show friends, it's show business. Yeah. Um, It's become
2: such a mockery of him. It made it to TV where MJF even said all friends wrestling. That shit's got to go. You cannot be friends with all these guys. I think AEW leaning into that, you know, smart mark territory. That's a lot of Tony Khan's fandom showing, and he's got to just step back and be their boss and not try to be their friend. Don't go to their weddings. Stop smoking weed with them. Allegedly just smoke weed by yourself and rule with an iron fist yes
1: uh more super chats coming in steve marco fuck 99 can you imagine yeah. what cody thinks
2: it's funny i one of the reasons a couple of weeks ago i came up why aw is cooling down one of the big reasons i said was on uh, pro wrestling bits on youtube is why is because cody cody is one of the big reasons him leaving he always felt like the adult in the room and him leaving i think since the day he left the locker room morale went down 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 now was degenerated into anarchy and cody even tweeted god tweeted a picture Uh, Very cryptic of him smoking a cigar quite confidently, as if to say, motherfuckers, I saw this shit coming. It's like when Tony, when Cody Rhodes left AEW, it's like daddy's gone and now Uncle Tony's in charge. And uncles don't make the best babysitters, as we're seeing right now.
1: Uh, John Jordan, $5. TK getting emasculated publicly like that without recourse is beyond brutal. How anyone in the back could have any respect left after that's beyond me. 100%,
2: especially, I mean, that optic alone, it fed so many. I'm one of these people who've who've had a narrative or had a thought that I don't think Tony Khan is enough of an authority figure with these guys sometimes. And this blew that whole thing wide open. This is the worst possible way he could have handled this in the moment for that perception of Tony Khan just being somebody who wants to be friends with everybody. And I just think he's got a lot of damage control to do in his locker room and with his own public image.
1: Yeah. Uh, Malik Black, $5. Tony should suspend all involved in the fight, strip them of all the titles too, unless they get everything under control. He can't let it slide. I think I, I think it would be very um, Solomon-esque of him to punish everyone. I don't, I mean, I guess he kind of has to, right? You can't fire Punk and be like, you know, elite for life, you know, and just, right. you can't do that.
2: Exactly. And that should be part of him establishing his authority is that, okay, I'm going to choose who I'm going to ride with long-term, but that doesn't mean you're getting off the hook. You need to establish a pattern that you're the boss. And I do think they should be suspended. I think everybody who got involved in this because of the ramifications, because there are now going to be legal drama, this is not just your garden variety backstage wrestling fight. This is something that is seen as kind of the criminal proportions, which shout out to AEW or the police or whoever is Whoever is treating this like it is a criminal situation the way it would be treated if, say, this was Will Hobbs and Keith Lee getting fired, they might still be in jail if that was the case. But shout out to AEW for keeping the same energy and treating this like the legal situation, like the criminal situation. It really is. They got into what sounds like a very ugly brawl, and I think a lot of people are going to have to suffer for it.
1: It's weird, too, because Punk's not in a feud with Paige. And say what you will about WWE, but it's like... I, I mean, you don't see wrestlers, and now since WWE's opened up their media so much, you don't see WWE superstars taking shots at other wrestlers oh, they're not in right. a feud with.
2: And that's that authority. We'll see over the next five years, but even with Triple H, Triple H is an authority figure. One of his nicknames is Papa H, which is a nod to the fact that he's like a father figure to a lot of people. A lot of people don't see his Triple H is just their friend, and the people who do are his peers who are legends who are out of the business. So even with Triple H, it's not like... Uncle Paul's in charge. It's not like your buddy Paul is in charge. He's still an authority figure. And we're not far removed from Vince McMahon where people, I mean, you would not see something like this in terms of even on Twitter, people going that hard against each other uh, because there are ramifications. And part of that is that authority authority that exists in WWE. Do you
1: think with WWE, there've been enough instances, and I'm even thinking about the way they severed ties with Punk, um, The way they showed with Daniel Bryan, like, you are stuck here for the duration of your contract and time we had. And even things like Enzo. Do you think enough people in WWE have been made an example of that that's part of the reason why everybody keeps it, like, more low-key? Whereas in AEW, like, there hasn't been an instance of, like, a high-profiling, like, zero-tolerance
2: cut sure we could even go back to Bret Hart and and I don't think enough people will ever get because obviously you're always going to have people who die on their sword who stand up for what they believe in Sasha Banks and Naomi is a great example of despite WWE's environment of authoritarianism they decided they were going to walk so you're still going to probably see that in wrestling however in WWE there was such an air of authority that you're not going to see that too much because they know there's going to be immediate repercussions. And it's not just the Vince McMahon angle. It's an angle that WWE is a publicly traded company and a business, and they don't want any type of bad publicity that can affect their stock price. So if something like this happened, you get cut immediately.
1: Could you imagine if WWE hadn't gone public 20-some-odd years ago?
2: Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be worth billions of dollars that they are now, but, you know, we might have more backstage <laughs> brawls
1: yeah i mean it's just uh this is all just very crazy it's very very crazy
2: it's great and it's it's the the thing that fascinates me the most about this now and who knows what's going to happen between now and the next time we speak but it's a tale of two world champions now in aew is it's an AEW and wwe because roman reigns is your wwe world champion but wrestling doesn't feel any faker to me than when he's defending that title from here until wrestlemania because there's this perception that it's like, oh, he could only lose it at WrestleMania. He can only lose it to Cody or The Rock. He can only lose it when the lighting is perfect and everybody's periods are synced up and everything is just absolutely 100% in the right place. He's not losing that title at Kevin Owens. He's not losing to Seth Rollins or Karrion Cross or Braun Strowman. So the, the next like seven him. months are going to be predictable. He's not losing to Butch. The next seven months of Roman Reigns, predictable. Wake me up at WrestleMania. Who cares? But CM Punk, on the other hand, that's the most unpredictable champion in wrestling right now. Like, the next time he defends that title, if there is a next time, it might devolve into a shoot. He might lose it immediately. He might never be able to defend <laughs> hey, that title. Hey, okay,
1: CM Punk devolving into a shoot. We <laughs> remember his UFC career. I'm That's not what I'm like...
2: Saying. like. That might give them, listen, it's not like they respect Tony Khan enough. So they might say, listen, I saw that guy fight in UFC. I'm going to shoot on him for this world title. If it's fucking hangman on a page, it, it will be interesting for all the wrong reasons. Just yeah. like Roman Reigns is predictable for all the wrong reasons. CM
1: Punk's like, okay, so I'm not facing Jake Hager anytime soon. Like he's got like a list of people where he's like, <laughs> nope, they can actually fight. Like, I don't not- want that
2: shooter. I don't want that. He's going to just fight Nick Jackson. That's this thing. He's going to fight Nick Jackson for that title with a, a black eye.
0: So NXT had to go on tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah, to follow that.
1: Yeah, uh as uh Delon. Oh, I love that. Makes me think of uh, the band Delon Prada. Uh Canadian 699. We're getting an Interim Women's Champ, Trios Champ, and World Champ, aren't we? Ever all inter, all interim wrestling.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're just trying to keep the same energy. I get it because CM Punk got an interim treatment so now thunder rosa is getting interim treatment but it's funny because aew already has a problem with too many belts and now in addition to all the belts they already have they've got interim championships as well
1: yeah it's uh crazy uh oh bear hudson saying uh people that have that fired some shots at alfred uh alfred um- uh
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. I love these people. As long as they spell my name right, at this is nasty. My YouTube channel is blowing up. My Twitter is blowing up. I absolutely love all these people. Uh, I'm just doing, I say. listen, you if you don't got no haters, you ain't popping. And I assume that I, I have, uh, my charisma has rubbed some people the wrong way. And I understand that, but I'm just going to keep doing me because uh, things are going quite well in Alfred land right now. YouTube pro wrestling bits, please.
1: Looking forward to the next one.
2: Uh, Click palate cleanser
1: every so often
2: see it me, got me sweating also it's a heat wave in california but uh, i like the sweat shoot. i think it adds to uh my passion
1: glistening baby uh so yeah it's crazy it's hotter in california than it is in vegas
2: yeah right now. it's ridiculous man we have we're, we have like uh regulations where we have to have our power on for only a certain amount of time
1: oh yeah we're getting told here keep the ac higher than normal because uh we don't want to like uh need our i guess our grid available for your overflow or whatever yeah. i don't yeah, know it's yeah. crazy <laughs> uh weird times uh mia 499 saying i want to see braun Strowman versus braun breaker and who wins legato versus the bloodline i think naomi or tamina should join the bloodline roxy was in her bag tonight mako badass i want to talk about that match that was that was a great match that had the unfortunate timing of being on tonight's show
2: Yes, absolutely. And a lot of tonight's show is going to be forgotten, even right down to the podcast design to cover it, because we've spent the first 35 minutes talking about CM Punk, and rightfully so. You know, this is a big story. But having said that, this was an enjoyable episode of NXT 2.0.
1: Bad timing, though. So Braun versus Braun. I mean, look, they didn't bring back Braun Strowman for Braun Breaker. So I guess we should cover that. So Braun Strowman came back to Raw last night. Has there been any word about details of the deal? What does this mean for Control Your Narrative?
2: I know I'm... Very nervous for Control Your Narrative. Uh, Very sad times for this thriving promotion. But I think Braun's going to just come back for WWE and he's going to pick up where he left off as an upper mid-card giant. Reaches a certain level, he really was feeling a void because WWE had tried their hand with a lot of big guys that were very new, very green. Whether it's your Omases, whether it's your shankys whether it's your Azizes, they were trying to fill that brawn void and didn't quite get to do that. And it just him coming back and just running through everybody. You just kind of forget how awesome it was. Uh, he was doing it every week, so eventually you just kind of get tired of it and you get it. But it was good to see it, and I think he's much needed. Triple H was teasing that. He was going to bring Braun back this past weekend, and I think he's a much-needed addition. It's going to be really fun to see what they've got for him. He
1: must have been making so much uh, to cover wherever Vince McMahon was secretly spending money that he was an attractive cut because Braun Strowman, to me, is like the most classic Vince yeah. wrestler that we've seen probably in the last 20 years, probably since Brock Lesnar.
2: He's right up Vince's alley, and Triple H and Vince are very similar in a lot of ways. I would say they're similar in more ways than they are different. And Triple H is gushing over Braun Strowman in an interview with Ariel Helwani of BT Sport, saying that he's a big guy with personality. It's almost as if Triple H is calling out the locker room of what he wants in a giant. the Big guy, athletic personality. Braun Strowman checks all those boxes, and I think he's going to be good in this era. As long as they protect him, he's just going to be a big deal. I was surprised that he was one of the names. Him and Bray Wyatt were the two biggest surprises in terms of people who got fired from WWE.
1: Yeah. No, I think, uh, well, Bray, I can understand being a bit of an auteur. Could, uh, yeah, I, I could see a couple circumstances um with Bray where they thought okay maybe this is a run its course we've gotten the value out of this he's very much into his vision and what he wants to do and that certainly doesn't mesh with some of the old guard um but yes Kelvin Alexander saying easy to forget a show with no Nikita where was she
2: living my truth Ah! just gone living my truth living my truth living my truth I love. Did you have that queued up for the show? Or were you? Getting yeah. Ready? Oh no.
1: I, I. was like. I was like. Soundboard.
2: Somebody better truth. ask me about Nikita. My truth.
1: Missing That's from the guy. show tonight. I love Nikita Lawrence.
2: Yeah. Like. I can't wait to see her back.
1: I. I can't wait to see her back. I can't wait to see her as champion. In fact, I'm thinking she's gonna crash Mandy's celebration next week. Right, That's her. where we finally, finally get uh, the pathway for her to be the women's champion. Maybe I it's absolutely too soon. See it. But she is just always a welcome present, except for that first promo. That first promo is the only negative thing. And it was just living my truth. It was just that that moment.
2: She wasn't living her
1: truth during that promo. She was, but in we needed, you know, she needed to control her narrative. And uh, <laughs> and her music is good. Faith Jeffries, Faith e. J put out some good songs, but just the fact that in her debut promo, they were like. I'm going to f- freestyle. I'm going to stun the world. And that was the, like, yeah.
2: Some wheat bars in her debut. That's, that's true.
1: Yeah, not not the best bars. Um, so it's <laughs> us see, Dark Side of the Ring, the AEW uh, media scrum.
2: <laughs> I know BR Live is pissed that they didn't get extra revenue from filming that and putting that on pay-per-view because apparently there are cameras around too. So if they have footage of that, boy, that documentary is going to be a lot
1: Saturday fun. night or Sunday night, I was reading the coverage of this and people were saying like well AEW was fun while it lasted <laughs> like yeah that's pe- it mean, it's just it's a little extreme but but then yeah. to hear what no no like people were already speculating that this was a shit show just based on how it went what tk was saying what punk was saying but then to hear backstage there was like a chair thrown and like yeah. i mean like this is like wasn't anybody monitoring social media and been like okay we got to get the bucks and kenny out of the building Everybody yeah. left on cool. Like, wasn't anybody saying like, okay, this is already at like an eight. We got to take this down before it yeah. goes up to 11.
2: 100%. I'm shocked that they were even in the building to begin with for as long as CM Punk was up there bearing everything. They should have gotten Colt out of there. They should have gotten, they should have taken the precautions because on one hand, you could look at this from the machismo standpoint and say it's on site. No, you got to stand up for yourself as a man. You got to catch his hands. I can understand that partially from that standpoint, but also you're running a business. You know, you talk about professional wrestling and this is a professional wrestling business and you're working with a lot of partners who are going to be affected as we are going to see over the next several weeks, all the little different things that are affected from this. Tony Khan and AEW leadership and management needed to mind their P's and Q's as to what was inevitable to happen if you leave all these guys in the same building based on what CM Punk was saying.
1: Yeah. So NXT tonight. (laughs) We heard from Tyler Bate. He was uh, Gallus confronted and wouldn't you know it, they challenged him to a main event and we got Braun Breaker in the main event. His opponent from Worlds Collide, who we lost to, they were going to team up and take on Gallus. That to me kind of screams like filler angle bad opening to the show
2: yeah that's uh very light it wasn't really opening with a bang after a pay-per-view it was just kind of like they eased into this show almost like they knew that they weren't going to be the talk of the town throughout I, show yeah i the
1: actually past. i could see they called an audible today because they were just like let's hold nikita off the show let's sure. like today no, nobody is talking about nxt right now
2: sure. If they overshadowed MJF, they're overshadowing NXT 2.0.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's the $2, all the comebacks. Cody, still top guy for Reigns. I Yeah.
2: I bought the Braun. Everything's perfect.
1: Yeah. Braun will probably, I'm going to say Survivor Series.
2: Sure. Yeah. It's going to be seven months of Roman Reigns defending that title and defending it successfully. And everything has to be absolutely at the ideal liking. We have to have perfect conditions before Roman Reigns drops that title. It's not like Kamaru Usman in the exciting UFC where he's not supposed to lose that title. He's dominant. He was dominating Anthony Edwards. Then Anthony Edwards kicked him in the face, dropped the title, and now we're excited and off to the races. No, it's not going to be that with Roman Reigns. Seven months, ladies and gentlemen, of defending that title successfully, and he'll only lose it when it's time.
1: Yeah. Um, I could see they save Cross, uh for the Rumble, maybe. Do you see more value in Cross or Braun for WWE? I mean, they're both there to keep roman they're there to be like the top top like highest level jobbers in the company and i mean that with all respect but they're there to lose to roman reigns for the time being now i'm not saying they're going to be that way forever i think they will go on to have championship runs later in the company but right now wwe is the roman Reigns show if they didn't put it on drew i yeah. mean i tuned in for some of the clash of the castle that was hotter than probably the I last five
2: WrestleManias. You're absolutely right, Glenn. If they didn't put that title on Drew McIntyre in front of a WrestleMania crowd, Kevin Owens is not winning that thing in New Jersey. So it's a seven-month albatross, and that's – I've enjoyed Roman Reigns. I've loved the bloodline. I've loved the storyline and angle. I did think that Drew McIntyre was the right guy to win that title under those circumstances and based on how they come up. And now that he's lost, it's like – now I know for a fact this fake title is going to stay on Roman Reigns until WrestleMania. So wake me up at WrestleMania when it comes to Roman Reigns. Just wake me up, then. I know how this goes. go. I'm not going to get excited for any of these Roman Reigns title matches because it's rigged. Wake me up at WrestleMania. It's true. You don't go into a
1: Fast and the Furious movie thinking like, oh, I really like this villain. I think they're going to win this time. Like they're there to be like, oh, what a scoundrel. And then uh, Dom Thanos and the family. Are
2: gonna... What's that? Thanos won at the end of it. End... Was it Endgame that he but, won? Yeah,
1: but it was a two part movie, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: um, notifications blowing up tonight on the Twitters, but we'll talk about why in a bit. Oh, we'll talk about it now because, um, pretty deadly celebrating their win with lash legend. So I just had to go on social media and say, if they do not look pretty deadly our delight, I love them. I love how they've been the social media posts they were doing about the titles, but it's like, look, if we don't bring back Brazongo for a feud with them, like what's, what's the point? Like we, the people needed to have it happen. I tweeted it. Dango retweeted it. Lots of people retweeted it. Uh, we got to make this happen. We have to get Brazango back for Pretty Deadly to officially pass the torch. I'm
2: going to retweet that stuff right now.
1: Got to make that, right? I mean, Pretty Deadly are similar, but they're unique enough, and they're funny. These guys are funny. I want to see them interact with the fashion Police. Almost makes too much sense. Yeah. And with Triple H, this seems like the sort of thing, yeah, just all the sense in the world. Got to make it happen um toxic Attraction was in the ring they took on nikki ash and dewdrop Uh, even with with dewdrop and the bloody nose tonight like i just want them to walk through a portal and turn into piper niven and nikki cross so bad i want that so bad how is that gonna happen how do we need what do we need to do to make that happen
2: uh i I think that would be amazing actually
1: (laughs) i mean apollo you know sounded like a different person when he came to nxt
2: yeah, and he looks like a different person now with that red eye. Yes,
1: yeah, that was an effect, right? Like no one, no one's eye is that bloody for this. No, long. I think he
2: got poked in the eye, and they're just now turning into a storyline. Because awesome. that is what happens when you get poked in the eye; it can get red. Maybe is that you a scratch red cornea. I mean, I yeah. hope
1: he's okay. Like I've, I've had a corneal ulcer before, but my eye, like, yeah, like because I look. Yeah, it
2: he was, needs it was, like he
1: got get a patch on that asap.
2: He had that Nick Jackson eye.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see how we saw that he was calling out Grayson Waller, but, uh, Nikki ASH and Dewdrop won this match. They look good. Um, toxic attraction though, man, what, what a story. I guess they're, they're waiting because they were in the tournament. They won their SmackDown debut. There was an injury. They didn't go forward. Now they're back in NXT. Maybe they're waiting until what happens with Mandy after the celebration angle and everything before they move up.
2: Yeah, very interesting, and clearly two different canons because Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. If you saw in the background of Raw last night, I thought it was very well done. They were doing one of those segments where Bailey and Damage Control walk into the ring, and in the background you could see Nikki Ash throw her mask at Dewdrop and storm off. So I'm huh. sure that'll continue on Raw in terms of their breakup, but no real signs of that here. Although Dewdrop did get busted up because JC Jane kicked her right in the face.
1: I think it added to the match, but th- but that's the thing, man. If this Pipe Piper Niven and Nikki Cross would be a badass force to be reckoned with.
2: Yeah, I-, I would love to see that. I think that'd be awesome.
1: Um, and I think that I mean they could really uh, reinvigorate NXT's women's tags division. Uh, and and they're they're I think that they would get a lot more momentum behind them. But uh, they did almost, win this match tonight.
2: And almost five hundred likes inside of an hour for Glenn's tweet asking Reezy Zango to come back. And feud with Pretty Deadly. So the streets How to make it, it. happen.
1: know I know. I mean, like, it's the most obvious thing. And uh, needs to happen. Especially now that Pretty Deadly are the undisputed, unified NXT Tag Team Champions.
2: I really think they should have kept the NXT UK belts. I think those might be the prettiest belts in all of WWE. I really love those Tag Team NXT UK belts. I think they're way superior to the NXT belts. But it's NXT, so they're merging into those.
1: Yeah um wesley versus jd madonna jd mcdonough they i mean based on how the show ended they are pushing him like
2: crazy hey shout out to him get it how you live i'm just not feeling it with this guy and yes they're going all the way it seems with jd mcdonough and it's just it just doesn't click for me
1: and this was pre changeover So this is something HBK was on board with and the previous powers than be. Because to me, this feels like uh, if you told me Triple H was behind this because he reminded him of Finn Balor for obvious reasons, that would make sense. Um, But I think Braun needs more credible opponents. So I think him beating Wesley tonight was just, yeah, stepping stone for yet another Braun Breaker title feud that ends with Braun retaining.
2: I mean, I hope not, because I don't think there's anything they could do to make Braun versus J.D. McDonough more interesting or even make J.D. McDonough seem like he's going to take the title off of Braun, especially he, after he, the losing. Yeah. The he problem is, for the North American title. The problem is that Braun Breaker's not interesting.
1: And I feel bad saying that, but I've been saying this since day one, they've yet to prove me wrong.
2: Not by himself, and they haven't done anything interesting with him. I, I do think he does have a charisma and a fire and is a good baby face. I just think that he is... On the generic side especially because we don't know too much about him outside of the fact that he's rick steiner's son i think that's kind of the gift and the curse is that that's all they feel they need to tell us so there's really no character being cultivated with braun breaker
1: Uh, i think yeah they need to do more and and what's weird though too is they're not leaning on that nearly as heavily as they have with previous legacy uh tony d'angelo had a bit of a coffee bar going on backstage
2: yeah, I, I like these segments where Tony Giano's is starting to trying to get Cameron Grimes to join them. You know, Cameron Grimes, you know, I was saying that quote about if everybody else is in the room is an asshole. Karen, Cameron Grimes isn't joining anybody. Maybe he's the jerk in all of this. Like, he doesn't want to join uh, Joe Gacy. He doesn't want to join uh, the GOAT, Tony D'Angelo. which to me, that shows bad judgment. Like, who is Cameron Grimes going to join? He needs to team up with somebody. But There you go.
1: Uh, he can join the brawlin Brutes. On the main <laughs> roster. Uh Mako Satomura versus Roxanne Perez. This is the best match Roxanne Perez has ever had. Easily. And this okay, one, this was a great match, but this match is the the epitome of what Triple H's vision, not the original 2012 NXT Seth Rollins first champ vision. This was Triple H's vision for NXT of this is why you bring in more experienced wrestlers to pair them with younger talents to give them matches like we saw tonight. If you want to know what the blueprint, the bar phrase from Matt Morgan, uh, what the blueprint is for NXT. And I think it will continue to be, to be uh, now and realign under triple H and HBK, It is to bring in experienced talents. They're going to go on and put on amazing matches with younger talents, get them over in the process, teach them how to work better and turn them into the next generation of superstars. Like, this was a phenomenal match. And even without winning, even though Mako Satamora won, thought Roxanne Perez got over majorly tonight. This was an A-plus example of what NXT should be.
2: It really is, especially because Roxanne Perez is somebody who's getting there. It's not like she's green. She knows what she's doing. Of the NXT 2.0 era where Vince was in charge those last few months, this was one of the more experienced people in terms of Roxanne Perez in that crop of women, and but she's still on the younger side. She's still somebody who hasn't been in the business for very long. And Miko Satamora is a perfect opponent for her. I thought she was phenomenal in that three-way this past weekend, and she was really good here again. And it's great to see them work together. And it looks like they're going to be in some sort of tag team, maybe alliance. But Roxanne Perez can really stand the benefit from Miko Satamora because she's Roxanne Perez is already very good. And I think Miko Satamora working with her is only going to make her great.
1: This match would be all anybody was talking about if it was on a slow news week.
2: Yeah. Maybe we'd be buzzing about this. This would be a big part of the show. I think we'd be talking about how good this match was, but you know, obviously I thought Cora was good too throughout. In terms yeah. And of Cora, jealous. she's kind of developing
1: Cora as a heel. And I mean this in such a complimentary way, Cora being a heel, and what core Jade has been doing. It has given her a level of maturity and gravitas because they had her playing very all shucks baby face yeah. and that made her seem you know, like young uh, and immature in a way that you almost didn't take her seriously in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that right now she's getting her stature. She's getting her swagger, her attacking after now I want to see what happens next with Cora and Roxanne.
2: Yeah. And that was always a problem with this feud is that they didn't give us enough time to invest in them as friends. They just immediately went into them being rivals and the longer it goes, hopefully, the more chemistry they're going to be able to develop as opponents.
1: Yeah, and I think when Cora first turned heel, like you took her about as seriously as you did like Avril Levine's punk phase with Skater Boy. Uh, but now, now she's like later era Avril Levine or her doppelganger that replaced her.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say the dead one, the alive one, whichever Levine are we talking about?
1: That bite me song. Have you heard uh, one of her more her recent single? The single bite me. Yeah, bite me. That that's that's a banger. That's a jam. Yeah, that's good. Like, and it's weird because Avril, you think like, oh, is this, she doing the same thing she was doing twenty years ago? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, but like on a, on a new level.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it works. It absolutely to a different works. audience.
2: Yeah, to, and people are now reintroduced to Avril Lavigne. She was pre. She was like the number one. I would say for a little bit, for just a short period of time, she was at the top in terms of pop artists
1: oh it's like after uh canadian songs for sand murray and celine dion like uh and sarah mclaughlin like she's on the mountain rushmore of yeah. canadian female vocalists
2: <laughs> is Alanis Morris a canadian
1: oh that's right so i guess we need a fifth slate who we bumped we bump Anne murray or celine
2: we bump Anne murray i'm sorry
1: oh have you heard danny's song like Dude. I have Anne
2: Morey. She's she's up there. She's a goat in terms of Canadian female artists. Well, this but, is uh, tough. Who does
1: she take out? Yeah, we have to keep Atlantis. Maybe Sarah McLaughlin. Maybe Sarah goes.
2: If we're, I think Sarah McLaughlin has to stay. She's got to stay. She she's taking care of too many dogs to just get thrown <laughs> off of Mount Rushmore.
1: Oh, this is tough now, Avril, You got to chisel that fifth spot on the Canadian Mount Rushmore. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, so. Ricochet. Oh, uh, Damon Kemp is tearing down Diamond Mine from the inside. Who gives a fuck?
2: Yeah, they really did a lot with Damon (laughs) Kemp doing this long promo about what he did. Uh, He tried. It wasn't the worst. It's just... I don't think he's in a position to be cutting these long promos. I will say, he he does look quite fine in the ring. I think he's fine in the ring. I think his promo is okay. He just needs a little work, which is fine It's a lot of people who who do. But he he delivered his lines just fine. It's just uh, he needs more energy and, and passion behind it. I will say... Gable Stevenson's now been in WWE for what, a year now he's been training? And I believe his little brother, Damon Kemp, has been doing that for much less. Mm. And I'm now asking, where is Gable Stevenson? How come we haven't seen him yet? If Damon's already on his heel run, like we've already seen babyface and heel Damon Kemp, he's already been in a group and done all this stuff. Shouldn't Gable Stevenson be ready to at least come out and start doing some angles? Yeah. in um, Diamond, Mon- like
1: this... Diamond Mine has been like a cursed faction. Like, this is like I, I cannot dissolve soon enough. Uh, Ricochet versus Trick Williams. Ricochet getting that NXT pop and getting this win tonight. What did you think of this with Carmelo on commentary?
2: That was good. I thought Carmelo on commentary was a highlight. I loved Carmelo talking trash. And, uh, you know, as Trick Williams was hitting his head against the table, another one. So this was this is good. I thought this was a good segment. And Ricochet, I hope, doesn't stay in NXT. I don't think he will. I think he's going back to the main roster. Just had to get his win back, had to get his heat back before resuming his push on SmackDown. But I, I loved Ricochet versus Carmelo Hayes. I thought that was one of the best matches of the weekend. I thought that was just an incredible storytelling match and a match with a bunch of spots. And uh, it was good to see. I don't know if they're going to continue that, but I really do want to see Ricochet back on the main roster because he's really getting a push on SmackDown, and I hope that continues.
1: Yeah, push right into Gunther's, like, boot.
2: Well, yes, yes, that was the last thing. But the last couple of months, especially since Triple H took over, he's stayed away from Gunther. He's been beating Baron or Happy Corbin, and hopefully he moves on and he's beating other people and he's able to slowly rise up the ranks.
1: Uh, Nathan Frazier versus Axiom in the first of a best of three series. Are you on the edge of your seat for this with Axiom getting the, the win in the first of the best of three?
2: Not particularly. This depends too much on the audience, knowing that they used to be tag team partners in NXT UK, which I mean, not a lot of people watching in the building know that not a lot of people watching on TV know that. But they're two good workers and they're having a the time. And they're this really was what I consider an applause baiting match where they kept doing those stalemate spots where they're flipping, they're jumping, they're flipping, they're jumping. And then they stand there and they do their pose and they're getting the applauses. So this is fine. I, I, I like that they're at least doing a best of three series. It's something different that you don't see in WWE too much.
1: Yeah. Axiom looks cool.
2: Yeah, it's a nice mask. There is a wrestler. I can't remember who it was. He's an indie wrestler. with a very similar mask. It was very upset. And he's claiming gimmick infringement on Axiom.
1: Wow. Um, Another promo for the Super Diva, Quincy Elliott, coming next week.
2: you got to get another gimmick, man. You can't go around with Phil Brooks in this business. You can't go around calling yourself the Super Diva. That's like calling yourself the Oscar slapper. No, that's Will Smith.
1: We've had wrestlers that we won't talk about that uh, had that Prince energy. And uh, I think uh, Quincy has got that PM Dawn energy.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty accurate.
1: And I'm here for it.
2: I'm here. I love Quincy Elliott. I, I hope this they push this thing to the moon. I think they're doing a good job with these vignettes. I think Quincy Elliott is a star and is going to have great promos. It's just there's only one super diva in all of pro wrestling, and that's Phil Brooks. That's T.O. Punk.
1: Uh, um, he's been getting great reactions on um Level Up. So,
2: yeah, I saw a couple of matches. I've seen clips. It just kind of—it's like you can't take your eyes off Quincy Elliott because clips. Um, yeah, and I'm like, what is going on with this? But uh, with them, I think uh, they're uh, they. But I, I want Quincy Elliott to be like a focal part and not just a joke. I think there's a lot no, they could do with no. Quincy Elliott. I hope it's not just some manager or something.
1: That's one. I mean, he—he's uh, one of those performers where it's like my wife puts down the phone and just like wants to talk, like ask questions, like who is this guy? Looks really cool. Like, yeah, I think uh, Quincy is going to be a breakout star
2: in NXT. Yeah, 100%. Wait, somebody said Sauc- Quincy LA is not Saucy Santana. It's, that's just a joke, right? There's no. No, okay. they just. I think they're just pulling our leg.
1: I never know with the chat. I never know with the chat. Saucy Santana gonna...
2: would be dope in wrestling, though, by the way.
1: Uh, no, I think Quincy will be good. Um, Braun Breaker. And Tyler Bate versus Gallus. Were you on the edge of your seat for this match?
2: Because yeah, I was about to get up and leave to go do this podcast. So, yes, I was at some point on the edge of my seat.
1: <laughs> this was one more. when this started, I was like, the show's ending. The show's not going over tonight. This is going <laughs> to be done by Seven Sharp.
2: This was fine. I like the shout-out to the Steiners. They did the Steiner Brothers spot where they're barking. Uh, Tyler Bate, I think, is so much more over than maybe they even expected because at that Worlds Collide main event, they were really behind Tyler Bates to the point where they were booing Braun Breaker. He even got booed tonight, and I, I just think Tyler Bates, they've got something in Tyler Bates, obviously. I, you know, I don't, it's not breaking new grounds, but he's going to be the focal point of NXT Europe, it seems, but I think Tyler Bates needs to stay behind and just be a star in NXT.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Breaker and Tyler are winning tonight, but then JD Madonna running down and attacking Bates uh so i don't know maybe maybe jd feuds with bait maybe feuds with breaker who knows but yeah this was very eh. yeah. to the show
2: it's whatever like um it was just your garden variety tag team match they're really building up for next week taboo tuesday where they're gonna have some votes and oh people yeah are gonna get to vote on whoever is it every want? match or just carmelo hayes no, I think it's every match is going to have the fans vote because they showed a couple where they said that people could vote on it, whether it's stipulations. I think they're going to vote on Cameron Grimes's tag team partner even. Ooh.
1: Yeah, but the chances, the, the options are never like
2: anybody. You yeah, know? They, try, they try to zero it in to where it's essentially the same thing or it's, you know, it's, it's done in a way where they stack the deck against somebody, you know? Like, is yeah. it going to be Jeff Hardy or is it going to be Pretty Deadly?
1: Uh, oh yeah, Kelvin uh, R. Alexander Sal Ruka is debuting soon. She's like a taller Tiffany Stratton. You'll love her. Um, yeah, oh. she had a promo tonight as well.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting. That's the, the tall glass of water to fill as being the next Tiffany Stratton because she oh, maybe she'll go on job. to
1: uh, face our girl. Living my
2: truth. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Anybody can live their truth like Nikita Lyons. So if that's her goals to live her truth, Nikita's already got that covered. So uh, when she's
1: not on TV, like yeah, it's it's notable. I think um, next week, yeah, I really want her to attack Mandy during the celebration.
2: Yeah, I could absolutely see that. That'd be a but lot he, of
1: time. Let me tell you this though about Nikita Lyons. This is a creditor and this is the reason why I think they they need to give her something major. What other stars do we see week in and week out here in the chat or on Twitter where somebody's complaining in NXT that they weren't on that week?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can find that a lot. No, 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 but but like notably. Yeah, Nikita Lyons is somebody where her presence, and they've done a good job building around her to where she is one of the stars or pillars, if you will, of NXT 2.0. And when she's not there, people will notice. And I'm sure she'll be back. Uh, better than ever and i do see her being the next champion we might be in the final days of Mania Rose being world champion yeah it's time
1: so on that note everybody follow alfred at this is nasty stay tuned to pro wrestling bits because i'm sure he's got something up his sleeve with all this aew drama follow me at glenn Rubenstein. retweet uh let's let's get the fashion police back let's get Brazongo back make it happen We don't ask for much from uh, Papa H, but let's make this happen. Uh, We'll be back here on Friday, but tomorrow night, tune in for what I'm sure will be an eventful Wednesday night dynamite on the AE dubs and the coverage after Uh, Friday. I think Isa will be back and uh, we're going to have Braun Strowman we're going to have uh who else friday solo sokoa solo sokoa is gonna make his
2: debut that should be some fun
1: uh we will have click i'm sure and uh yeah we will catch you all next time on the wrestling inc podcast everybody take care have a good week
2: i'm serious i'm not gonna sit back and take this fucking shit
1: good night